Welcome to the Sports and Torts Podcast, your go-to podcast for entertaining conversations on sports, law, and business. This podcast is powered by the J. Stein Law Firm, a personal injury law firm in Atlanta, Georgia. And now, here is your host, Joshua Stein. What's up, everybody? Thank you, as always, for tuning in to this episode of Sports and Torts. Man, oh man, are we going to have some fun? He's already laughing. Have some fun today. We have a guest that you might not have ever known that you needed, but now you won't be able to live without it. Well, he's already got me laughing. Joining us today is my man, uh, Mr. Marshall Darneal. Yes, sir. A banker Thank you for by having me. He's a banker by education and trade. He has an MBA in finance. He's one of those rare talents who somehow juggles like 15 jobs, running 15 different <laughs> companies, and smiles all the way through it and laughs. Most notably for you uh, lawyers out there listening, uh, he is the CFO of the law firm Gower, Wooten, Darneal. Uh, you may remember his brother, Jason, from season one. I think it was episode 10 or 11 or so yeah. he was on. Uh, so we had the first brother combo yeah. on the podcast, man. I mean, so welcome. How you doing? I'm doing great. And I'm really glad that my brother was able to, you know, kind of set the bar very low for me. So I'm really feeling like I can come in and maybe contribute a little bit. I mean, finally, we need some Darneal that's going to do a good job. Telling you. you know? And I've got to work this in. Hey, love your show. First time, long time. <laughs> first time listener, long time caller. Don't you? First time caller, long time listener. I know, but the people think they're cute by saying first time listener, long time caller. Uh, so I asked myself, I said, I mean, of all the places, like, where do I start? Where do I start with you? And um, I said, I said, I'm going to start with a request that you made via text message to me when we were talking about the uh, podcast. And you said, Josh, I want my own four part miniseries. <laughs> I want, explicit I want, I want four hours. I want it to be explicit. I don't want to be, I don't have a governor. Yeah. I want Joe Rogan style. So, um, Hey man, here we are. Let's go. Let's go. Love your show. I do appreciate <laughs> your support because you, you have listened to oh, every single ev- one, every single one, your Georgia podcast. You refuse to listen to Georgia. You're an Alabama guy, uh, born and raised in born Alabama. In, we yes, heard sir. from Jason, your family lineage, and it's gotta be killing you that we, we now are King of the Hills. I know it really is bad. And I've got this buddy of mine, Charles Gibson, who texts, has texted me every day for the last now it's year plus that just says, good morning. Um, he texts me and our friend Holland, who is um, a um, also Georgia fan, and the text every morning say, good morning, fellow national champion and marshal. <laughs> and, and there's always a 33 to 18 worked in there. Now the Stetson Bennett stuff. It's uh, I love him to death, but gosh darn it, it's tough. So take us inside the mind of an Alabama fan. What are y'all feeling right now with Georgia just dominating the last two years? Well, hey, I was a lot more nervous until Munkin left yesterday or the day before, and now you've got Mike Bobo back. So I'm feeling a little bit more confident all of a sudden. But our our um, our coordinator hires this, this past uh, two weeks did not inspire confidence. Um, I mean, Tommy Reese, I don't know. I think I still just have like – you know, Notre Dame quarterback flashbacks, and I don't know that I want him. <laughs> and then, um, uh, what was that guy's name? Was whoever they hired. He, he's worked there before for the defensive coordinator, but at least it was not Todd Grantham. So I'm okay. <laughs> there was a minute there I thought you were going to go with Grantham. Like, ooh, oh, I don't know yeah, about that. No, but, that would have um, been hit for me, you know. Um, so I, I have I have uh, some Alabama family members went to school yeah. there. Jason, you, yeah. friends, you know, my brother-in-law, Neil, who, who you know we yeah. talk about. So I got plenty of friends and family, and 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 they I think I know were genuinely happy for Georgia that first one mm-hmm. finally got one. 
I don't think they were as happy when we got no, second. And, and if I'm being honest, which I guess I can go ahead and be. This is the trust you. Yeah. Y'all might win like 10 or 11, and it sucks, man. About, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you're about to run off something special. We're about to go on a run. I know. And we're it's we're just about to like, go on a run. I mean, thank God Munkin left, or it had just been. Because, I mean, he was he was really dialing up things, and he really schemed an offense in such a way with you know around the talent that he had. I mean, I'm hoping Mike Bobo can bring us back to the Mark Rick years for y'all. That would be great. But, I mean – yeah, I mean, if you catch me after a couple drinks and I'm talking to my Georgia friends, I'll be like, "Hey, yeah, this sucks. Y'all about to, y'all about to win a bunch." We got, we got, <laughs> we got you in minute three admitting that, so I feel pretty good about that. Um, now, the one thing I am worried about after today is that you're going to take my job. No, no, I just would like to be under your podcast umbrella. You know? Oh, you want, you want your own podcast? Yeah, I'll kick it up to you, man. <laughs> You want your own podcast? I'm thinking about it, you know? What, what, I mean, okay. Well, All right. let's so I, ha- I have this random nickname that's more kind of for like my, when I've had too much to drink, alter ego. They call me Cuda Man. Cuda Man. <laughs> Cuda okay. Man. Barracuda. Cuda. Um, Not going to ask where it came from, but we'll go with I, it. I caught, a fly, I caught a Barracuda on a fly rod, and I gave myself the nickname when I was drunk. And um, The old give your own nickname. <laughs> okay. I'm a little embarrassed about it, but, you know, like I said, it's, we're in the trust tree. So, um, chopping it up with Cuda would be great. Okay. Um, Let's see, confessions of a or no, what is it? Serial entrepreneurship, and it's Getting downfalls. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was the other one? You know, uh, like chopping up with Cuda, chopping or chewing the fat with Cuda, chewing the fat with Cuda. Yeah, the old. We're gonna we'll take it back old South there. So if you wanted to go, if you wanted to be part of the sports and torts umbrella, you know, I say keep chopping. So keep now, chopping. so now there's a thing. <laughs> yeah. So what are we gonna be talking about on chopping up with Cuda? I mean, you, we, I, I would, mentioned all these businesses. You are an entrepreneur. You're, yeah. Smart would, guy, successful guy. Yeah, I mean, what I would say is anything and everything. <laughs> See, I got, but I got to dif- differentiate myself from you, so I'm working on that. Anything and everything. That, that would be your pitch? No, anything. Not, no, that's not. See, that's not a good pitch. No, no. I wasn't ready for that. Um, you got to tighten that up a little gotta bit. got to tighten that up. I guess what it would be would be like unfiltered, unfiltered ramblings <laughs> that actually might be another good name unfiltered, unfiltered ramblings. ramblings talk about anything and everything yeah well that's what we're gonna do today yeah you know um, i'll try to keep us on track a little yeah. bit so we're here at my office we are drinking the darneal family special which is yeah. bud light in a bottle and some fireball yeah. right right well cheers cheers man. cheers, cheers. Well, here comes that cinnamon whiskey oh. mm-hmm. So my local bartender, um, who I love, she's the most bubbly, sweetest personality ever, Michelle at Lassiter's, she calls them Happy Meals. Happy Meals? When I was living in Birmingham, we called them combos because it was like during COVID. And, you know, you could only like go into a a buddy that was me, my buddy Hoke that runs this insurance agency for me, and our buddy Ryan that runs this bar called Odie's in Birmingham, which is, you know, longtime staple, probably the greatest bar my only qualm with them is that I don't have equity in that place with the amount of money I've spent there, but it's okay. I think I've earned it. But, you know, so during COVID, you could, like, come in for, like, you know, 10 minutes, you know, like, while you were waiting on your food. It was during the time of only takeout. Such a weird time. Right? Yeah. So, so it would be like, Ryan would be like, all right, y'all, y'all got 20 minutes in here. And be like, all right, we need some combos. Let's give me some combos. And so they, that's kind of what bore, this, this was born out of necessity of uh, quick 
quick quick drinking during combos, happy meals. It's funny because when, when my family when we go on road trips, we always as most families do. Yeah, you know, you'll stop and go to the gas station, and everybody's got their go to kind of snack. And combos is not initially mine, but someone in the family is going to get it. Yeah, I'm not going to look at combos again. No, I'm be thinking about you. And my daughter's like, I get some pepperoni combos. I'm like, you're not no, you Bud Light and Fireball for the rest of this drive. I love it. I love it. Speaking of Fireball, the last time I saw you was at um, Jason and Ann's Christmas party. And you were Fireball sweater, I think you were. Yeah, no, yeah. So, like, I'll I'll tell you this about me. I am a sucker for an Instagram ad. Okay. (laughs) Like, you're you're the target audience that they Yeah, and I mean, it's just. They get me. They get me. I got some Instagram shoes. I got some Instagram shirts. Got it all. But um, what they gave, what, um, you know, it was around, it was a tacky Christmas sweater for Fireball. So I was like, I got that. I got one for Hoke, who um, runs our insurance agency. And um, it's like, we're wearing this to the Christmas party. That's what we're going to do. You saw it. Had to have it. Had to have it. Any other random Instagram purchases other than the shoes? And Yeah, no, I'm waiting on a shower head right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's supposed to increase your water pressure by like 100%. Mm. And it's, it comes with filters, which seems to me to be a bit fake. I've got a few shoes from Instagram. Um, Instagram ads got me into the tank top life. Um, as, a, as a larger man, I don't need to ever be in a tank top, you know. What, but, kind, of, what kind of tank tops <laughs> you rocking? <laughs> One of them says... <laughs> Don't F with America. <laughs> I like it. Very patriotic. Um, another one says, uh, there's on, uh, I think it's gingers represent 2% of the world's population, or less than 2% of the world's population, so I'm an effing unicorn. Yep, you're a red-headed guy. Yeah, red-headed guy. Beard. I've let, I've let the beard kind of go, but it's about to be trimmed up. I think I'm going to trim it into an, an Andy Reid mustache in honor of the Super Bowl win, you know? Oh, we should have done that for the podcast today. That would have been a, that'd been <laughs> well, a yeah, great Yeah, I mean, once, once we get the video, once we get the video side, you know? Okay. So, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm a bit of an Instagram. Are you the kind of guy that's going to respond to um, a commercial on TV for, like, food? Like, if you see, like, a Taco Bell or a Wendy's or something, like a new menu item, like, are you the guy that's in the car? Like, I got to go get it. I, I did that once recently with, like, the Arby's Steakhouse burger. How was it? No, I mean it was great, but I didn't feel well after that. Oh, that's two, I guess that's two different things. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's like it's that old joke. I'm so hungry I could eat at Arby's. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I've not heard that joke, but let's. Yeah, I guess I'm so hungry I could eat at Arby's. That's great. Well, uh, we're about ten minutes in and talked about nothing so far, so we're well on our way for a, for a nice four hours. Uh, anyway, hello, I, Marshall Darniel. So nice to meet you all. <laughs> I usually do say like so. Um, Introduce yourself. Tell oh, yeah. us. <laughs> Marshall Darnell here. Uh, grew up in Montgomery, Alabama. I'm the youngest of four kids. You've obviously, you know, if you've listened, you met my brother, Jason. Um, he's, you know, the shorter, you know, he says skinnier. We'll debate that, Darnell. And um, then we got two sisters. And then we grew up in Montgomery, Alabama. I went to Wake Forest for undergrad. I thought I was going to be a lawyer like all you folks. So I studied history and English. Took the LSAT too, right? Yeah, I did. Got accepted to law school. You, I did, and I, you know, so this was 2006. So I deferred it a year because, you know, I just, whatever. You know, I was like, hey, let me take a year off. Um, and this was 2006, 2007. The world crashed. Legit, you know. I mean, and then I remember I was sitting there. So I was working. I took the year off. Went and worked at a bank um, in, in Denver, Colorado, because 
you know, what does every you know college kid want to go do? I'm going to move to Colorado, you know. Um, so I was working there, had a good job as a credit analyst, underwriting most boring loans in the world, electric distribution, which is... I don't know what that means. I mean, it's power... You, you can, you'll, banks will lend money to the power company all day long because... Power companies always gonna have money because people will pay to keep the lights on. So you know, it's like, hey, we'll give, we'll, 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 for hey, we'll give you a thirty-year unsecured loan for like one percent. You know, I mean, so it was. You now you're done. Here it is. You know, hey, probably net income went up because it was a hotter summer, right? Or it was a colder it was winter. Cold winter. Yeah, yeah, I mean that that kind of thing. So it was a temperature gauge is basically how I described it. But anyway, so I was there and I thought I was gonna go back to law school and then, you know, I was, I mean, I was sitting there. I'm sitting there in a cubicle in Denver, Colorado. And I, read, I was reading the Drudge Report, um, and what was it? Was it Lehman Brothers? Yeah, Lehman First Brothers. Ago. Lehman Brothers under. And it's like, oh, goodness gracious. And, you know, and then obviously the world kind of started to fall apart around that time. And I remember I was sitting there, like, it was maybe about a week or two before I had to say, I had to, like, re-up with the law school and say, hey, I'm in. And um, I read an article that was, like, due to, you know, economic crisis, Law school applications are up 150% year over year because it was like everybody was just going to go back to law school. You're going to go to school. They were going to go back to school yeah. because of that. There's no and, jobs available, so you get more education. Uh, and, you know, and like and the, the bank I was working at was called CoBank. It's an agricultural credit bank. Um, it's non-depository. So, you know, it was basically they, they funded themselves by selling bonds. It was a government-sponsored entity. So you were basically bonds backed by the full faith and credit of the U.S. government. So you're never going to have an issue there like in terms of the bank going under. So I was like, I don't think I'm in the safest spot I need to be while literally, you know, the floor is coming out from underneath you across the rest of the world. And so I said, man, I'm making good money. I'm living in Denver. Shoot, let me just keep doing banking, you know? Um, so I just kind of kept working there. And I, um, I was there for maybe three years. And then I transferred to their Atlanta office because, I mean, Denver was fun, but it's when you get in your car and it's negative four degrees, I'm just not, that's not me. I'm Montgomery, Alabama still. So, um, so I moved to our Atlanta office and I got into our telecom group, which was underwriting telecommunications, um, which is pretty boring, but it was large, large, large transactions because this was a time in the world where the cable companies and data centers were kind of coming along and, you know, fiber and blah, 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 blah. So basically what, you know, so I just worked. I worked there till 2014. Along the way, though, you got your MBA. Got my MBA, Georgia. MBA, Georgia. And don't worry, I, you, 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 my, did, you did do that secondary education. I did do that. I did do that. It was super fun. Best part about that was the China trip we all got to take, and that was a wild time. That might be a podcast <laughs> in and of itself. Yeah. Marshall Daniel takes on China. Yeah. I mean, I've got a picture of me, uh, like, you know, chugging a beer on top of the Great Wall. Uh, <laughs> No fireball? Yeah. No, no. That, that was pre-fireball. That was when I was just you know, taking shots of hot Jim Beam. Uh, <laughs> You're all grows up now, Marshall. All, all grows up. All grown up. Got me, got me some fireball now. But, um, man, yeah, actually, that, that, that China trip would be a podcast. My buddy Bill Brasky, <laughs> we got, like, kidnapped into, into, like, one of those rickshaws where they're driving it with their little bikes. We didn't know where we were going. We were in Beijing, China, just ripping cigarettes. It was just a wild night. <laughs> we made it home. But <laughs> Again, another podcast for another day. We'll explore. Yeah, and so I was here. I was in Atlanta from 2009 to 2014. Sorry, my ADD goes, so if I get, you know, just keep me on track. Hey, like I said, you're um, we have four hours. Yeah, and, um, you know, meet a girl, you know, get married. 
so we moved back to Birmingham, where she was from. So I was living in Birmingham. I was working at a bank in Birmingham, uh, Service First Bank, great bank, great people. Learned a lot there. You know, um, we, we have mutual friends from there. Our buddy Ron Morrison, yeah, like I said. Shout out to Ron. Ron, Ron, Ron Morrison, one of the greatest people I've ever met. Neil Halper, my brother-in-law. Neil it's, it's funny how the world just yeah. Because uh, yeah, so it's like I, I'd heard so many stories about your brother-in-law from Ron over the years because Ron and I sat next to each other. And then you know, I got a call the other day and it's like, you know Josh Dunn? I was like, yeah, how you know Josh Dunn? And they're like, oh, shoot, that's crazy, you know? So it was, you know, it was just funny stuff there. Um, so I was at service first, maybe till 2019. February 2019, not my best month, let's be honest. Um, I got, I had a bad breakup with the bank and then my wife left me. So, you know, um, that was interesting. <laughs> so let me play Dr. Phil for a second. Yeah. Is Dr. Phil a doctor? I never know. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to peel back the onion because because you've told me before, like, that's a shitty time, obviously. And you could have gone in one of two directions. Yeah. No. So you can um, sit there and wallow in self-pity. And believe it or not, um, I, you know, I had been having to do some sales training. And I'm, all, I'm a person that is, listen, I think the self-help, you know, sales trainings, I don't ever buy into them. But we listened to this one. It was actually from a guy that was a friend of Nick Saban's. The bank paid some money for it. And he kept telling us, he said, your motto needs to be, so what, now what? And so, so what, what, now what? I'd so that it. happened. Now what are we going to do? And what I've noticed in just, in just life in general is that people sit there and when something bad happens, they want to either blame someone or talk about all the Hey, let's, let's, let's bitch about, sorry, but let's bitch about, like, oh, but why this went wrong. By the way, we, try can hit, to, we can hit the E button. You can yeah, take yeah, okay, that. Cool. fine. Yeah, I'm still trying to be good, though. Okay. But, you know, like, let's, like let's, let's try to diagnose the problem and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, no, that happened. And the only thing we can control is what we do next. And so, you know, hey, when you lose your job and you lose your wife within a, you know, seven-day span, um, you can very easily fall into a you know, into a, a, a situation where you're just gonna look at yourself, but no, it's like, no, so what, now what? So I love it. Um, that's the first time I've heard that phrase was from you, so yeah. what, now what? And to go back to my original question, it's like, you could have gone two different directions. You chose the direction of prosperity, yeah. and I'm gonna move forward, yeah. and I'm gonna, you know, go get a different job, and go yeah. get 15 different jobs, whatever yeah. it is you did. No, so yeah. I think that the, the So I literally went and I worked at the bank right next door to service first. <laughs> so that way, you know, I had my, my daily motivation was looking at my old coworkers, and I made, you know, it was Iberia Bank at the time. I think they've been bought six times since then. I think now it's TD Bank or it's First Horizon, which, um, you know, it used to be First Tennessee, then it became First Horizon. But that sounds like my son took too many pills, so I sent him off to First Horizon for the summer to clean his act up. It sounds like a rehab place. But actually, another funny story about that. I got a little bit. Of, so, 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 I got so, in trouble for making that joke at a so, company event. <laughs> so shame on the guys that were the uh, the branding. Yeah, terrible branding. And so you know, um, worked there. You know, COVID hit. So I'm kind of stuck in Birmingham. Um, and thankfully, you know, my brother, um, who I love and has probably been the most instrumental person in my life in terms of career development, um, called me. This was summer of 2021, and he said, "Hey, man, like." I've grown this firm to where like, I've got to have a numbers guy, you know? Uh, and I said, hey, he said, do you want to do it? He said, if you don't do it, I got to hire somebody. I was like, cool, I'm going to do it. And when I first came, so I came here in 2021, I came back here, I guess you will. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I was no longer living in Buckhead, being a mid twenties year old, mm-hmm. having fun. You're a, you're a professional. Now. Yeah, I'm a professional now. I'm mm-hmm. in the suburbs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're bona fide. So let's back up to so your brother who is a gem of a guy. Yeah. Um, universally loved, as yeah. he should be. Um, he has a firm with his wife, Ann, your sister-in-law, yeah. another partner, um, that in 2021 was, you know, he was realizing they were growing and growing fast yeah. and being successful. Yeah. And he's like, I need were, somebody yeah, to come help. They were about six years old at that point and had gone from, you know, they would, they, I would say they had quintupled the revenue and the employee count of the company. So lawyers, um, I think that most of us are pretty pretty good at the law, hopefully, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're good at court. We're good at contracts. We're not always great at running a business. Yeah. Law school doesn't really teach you that. Um, insert you with your background. Yeah. You've told me before that like, banking appealed to you because it would teach you all the ins and outs of how to run a business. So so when you when you look at a law firm, and we can talk about Jason specifically yeah. or just generally, like... And you look at, okay, how do I grow this, manage it, run it? Like, what are you thinking? Because people listening right here, um, the lawyers out there be like, oh, God, I'd love to hear what someone like Marshall yeah. can say to help us with our law firm. Well, so it was really interesting. So um, I'm going to focus on Jason just because, you know, that's the one I know. Um, you know, they had grown. I think they were founded in 2015, 2016. Or we were founded in 2015, 2016. And had really kind of grown, maybe up to 10, 15 lawyers and the caseload coming in from our largest three carriers was kind of getting to be in such a way. And so it was balancing, let's not just hire everyone under the sun. Like we've got to kind of, we've got to do controlled growth. It's ma- managing the growth there because what you can do is you can sit there and, oh, it's all coming in, coming in, let me staff up, staff up, staff up. And it's like, well, hold on, guys, let's be careful here. Like, we don't know this is going to continue to be there forever because in the model of the insurance defense world, it is, you know, it's not, you know, it's not quick hitters. It's just kind of steady, steady things. The volume play. It's a volume play. You know, you know it better than anybody. And it's a consistency play, right? Yeah. It's, it's week in, week out, month yeah. in, month out. And if you start doing a bad job, that volume stops. Well, and so it's like, it's, it's so if Jason and Ann are having to take away call it 15, 20 hours a week to focus on chewing up the books. Management stuff. Yeah, management stuff. stuff. That's that. Then, then you know what that's going to result in is you're going to resu- that's going to result in you're not treating your clients with the, the way they should be treated. So it just kind of was a natural fit. And, 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 and they didn't, you know, they didn't need somebody for that, that, you know, that role maybe wasn't full time, but like they let me sit there and we worked it out because when Jason and I talked it, he knew that I was just kind of done with the banking world, and we had, and he and I have always talked over the years because he's, he's my older brother, man. I mean, like we used to share, we shared a bedroom until he was like in high school. <laughs> that bedroom could talk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's a sweetheart. Yes. I love him. And um, but um, so we kind of like we're figuring out like, hey, you know, like let's you know, so we started up Gower Darnell Investments, which is an investment firm, and that thing's kind of grown like wildfire, um, but. We had a few things on the horizon, too. So, you know, the, the issue there, I guess, and if I'm going too far off a tangent, just let me know, was basically we've become a large firm now. Like, we got to have stuff. Like, we can't have people tracking their time on a piece of paper and handing it to us. We can't, we can't have, like, uh, our firm administrator spending, you know, two days a week writing checks and reconciling bills and stuff like that. So a lot of what I came in initially and did was, guys, like, 
let's just go like autumn. We got we automated we a lot. Of automate things. stuff. We yeah, you utilize the technology that's available. Yes. to our advantage. And and, and 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 when you're doing that, the thing is, is like to your point of you don't want to take away from your bread and butter, if you know you will. Like I don't want to take my focus off of like my cases and my, my you know the, the legal work. Somebody's got to do it if you're ever going to like get over that point. So it's kind of like you're at a, I don't know if the term Mexican standoff is acceptable to say at that point, but you know what I mean? Like, Sounds like it makes sense to me. I mean, yeah. you almost have to decide as a firm what you want to be. And if you want to continue to grow, and I know they're in different states now. And yeah, no, and like, so, like you, ha- you have to take those steps in order to make the whole machine run. Some yeah, more. and so a lot of what I initially came in and did was automating a lot of that. You know, I mean, just using like automated bill pay, you know, re- reestablishing the relationships with the banks because I was always their banker, you know? So, I mean, it was like, well, let's go find a new bank now. Um, but then also right around that time we were approached to per, you know, to acquire a law firm that was, we call it, we call it an independent contractor network. Um, so, you know, it's basically 1099 employees, you know, of counsel, that's y'all's word. Um, so now we went from, Hey, 30 employees in the state of Georgia. We had a couple guys in Alabama. So now we have offices in 15 states. So you know, I kind of I, I I worked that whole you know, that whole acquisition because I was an M and A guy forever. So I was like, this is where I can help. And how do you keep the firm's culture the way it is when you start bringing that kind of because y'all's firm has a unique culture? Question. How do you do it? How do you how do you keep? The, We're, the, we struggle with it every day, man. I mean, we really do because. Jason and Ann are, like I said, sweetest people you're ever going to meet and really want to keep the family vibe. You know, because, I mean, you know, most everyone that works for us, at least of the original 30, like I said, and now we're at 70, those original 30 were pretty much there from, you know, not from the beginning, but, you know, there's not, we don't have a lot of turnover. And so that's been a big struggle. And I'm still, I wrestle with it every day of how do we, Keep our small, you know, small office culture, but manage it across 15 states with 70 employees. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if you, if you can figure it out, I'm sure everybody yeah. would love to know what the secret sauce is. Uh, any hacks, any software, any tools that you found effective to, to start this automation and, and this process? Because I've I've dabbled with some things, haven't found anything that for me has been a good fit. But any hacks do you so have? So for us, a big thing because you know you know we're incurring you know when basically any any cost that comes in associated with a, a defense case, we pay, right. and then we have to then get reimbursed from the carrier, which is frustrating because sometimes we don't get reimbursed for 180 days for some costs that we're carrying. But this was resulting in basically our our office manager having to spend two days out of her week every week just paying bills, writing checks. And we went we we use a group called Abacus, a guy named Charlie Feehan. I don't know if y'all know we him. We use him as well. Yeah, I mean Charlie's the man. Um we we use their bill.com system. Shout and out it, Charlie Feehan and Abacus. Yeah, they do a great job. They, they Abacus, work with a lot of lawyers. For all the attorneys out there, I mean, like, use them. Yeah. It's my best my best to bet. Um didn't getting the bill pay up and then you know, like I said one of our big issues just from being a small culture to a larger culture was timekeeping I mean these are things that y'all don't need to be worried about because the way I describe my job for most all my jobs is y'all go play the game I'm gonna keep score you know what I mean and it's like y'all y'all know what y'all do and y'all don't need me to come in here and talk to you about law but you need somebody to run the behind the scenes stuff and as you grow, it becomes a really larger problem. And I think a lot of people underestimate that problem. 
And so, I mean, we, you know, we, add, we, we um, automated things like that. You know, then we worked with the bank to clear up a few things. We worked with the carriers to, um, you know, because, I mean, some of the carriers are still like, I mean, we, still, we, we have a bunch of children's issue paper checks. And it's like, can we not just have an ACH? Right, you know, waiting for mail stuff like and that, stuff like that. Which is like super boring to y'all as lawyers, but it's like, hey, that means we get the money like four or five days faster, you know? Um, I have another technical question for you. Yes, sir. So I just opened a, a beer, but no fireball. So it's not a combo. It's not a Happy Meal. Is it just, is it just hey, a man, beer? Hey, man. It's, ha- it's a half a combo. Half a combo? <laughs> it's, 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 like, it's like a combo, no fries? Yeah. It's just gin cheeseburger. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Still very good, but not... Uh, yeah, I, I went mm-hmm. just just you. Okay, so <laughs> you you mentioned um, the, the an investment side, investment firm, investment um, side. And I think that's very crucial for. Yeah, life. so we talked about it a lot b- yeah. before. I mean, so the idea of, of investing in real estate, you know, having it set up where you got tenants and property managements and yeah. things that are way over my head, but I know it's a smart, yeah. sophisticated way to go about it. So, well, so kind of the way up. I think about it for lawyers is like y'all typically are going to have a decent amount of capital. Um, from the fact that, you know, you, you win your cases or things like that. And so what, you know, Jason and Ann did this before I got there is they bought their building. Um, and then we rent out portion of that building. And then, you know, my, my Lady Liberty Holdings, my dog. What's up, lady? Which, can I add, I believe I heard you got that dog on 9-11. Yeah, the dog, oh, she was born on 9-11. Born on 9-11. Got her on Halloween. Named it Lady her, Liberty. Um, what we've subsequently done with Jason and Ann is we have purchased additional properties because we have offices in multiple states. But really, for prime, the first building we bought, we were we were bursting at the seams. We're still there. You know where it is. It's over there. It's a great complex. North, uh, Northside Parkway, right? Yeah. And then thankfully, you know, and um, so we bought another building in Austell. But the, the idea, I guess what I was getting at, sorry, I got super distracted, was... Um, Buying real estate for lawyers is like, I think, something that's super smart because it's owner-occupied real estate. You're going to get much more favorable terms from a bank for owner-occupied real estate. Hey, we're going to give you 85% of the purchase price. So you're going to put down 15% and we're going to amortize it over 25 or 30 years, depending on your banker that you work with. Is that something also good for lawyers? Know your banker. Um, and I have good ones if y'all need any help. And call Marshall if you need mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So the idea is you're sitting on this pot of money. If you're a plaintiff's lawyer, you just had a big case or, or a defense attorney, you yeah. got a big, whatever it is. So what do you do with it? Well, how do you employ it? How do you make it? So, so, so you put it, you, you put that, you buy that building, right? I mean, either you can do it with a finance loan or you can just do it cash, depending on how it is. But then you pay yourself rent from... Hey, you know, the Joshua, law firm is now the Joshua Stein law firm is paying rent to Joshua Stein properties, right? And you are effectively moving money. I mean, it, it is all still going to flow through you in this instance, but you're moving it from a higher tax bracket to a lower tax bracket. And then also with the building of the real estate, you get depreciation, you get a lot of advantageous tax write offs. Right. You know what and, I mean? And then you can have a property management company. And you can have a property well. management company, which is where I, yes. So then I manage those properties. And then for me, what's happened is because I was managing our property in Austell, the people that were would see me out of that building, because it's an, it's an office park out there, or a medical medical office park, someone hired me. <laughs> so now so now your yeah, Lady yeah. Liberty Holdings property management company yeah. is servicing other buildings. Servicing other buildings while servicing ours. And then also it is, um, I do some consulting out of that one. That's, that's, a, that's a good gig. 
basically these really smart Wall Street investment companies will call me and pay me $800 an hour to talk to them about, uh, what was it? It's uh, publicly traded company, publicly traded banking companies in the Southeast. All right, so if I <laughs> so actually, they pay me eight hundred bucks to talk about my old employer. So we've been talking for thirty four minutes. You can oh, send me a Jesus. bill. Are you, really? you going to send me a bill for four hundred something dollars? No, not at all. Okay, right. I, wanna, I just want to know what your time is worth. Well, no, my time is not worth much. I mean, like, <laughs> well, it's I, worth I, I, was, those people. I was worried about what I needed to, to, to pay you for letting me come on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got the the property management company that's mm-hmm. now servicing these other places. Yep. You've got an, an investment company that is looking for opportunities to buy yes, buildings, that, whether whether you staff it with a law firm or not. Yeah. You're just looking for opportunities, right? Looking for opportunities, yeah. And I mean, and so. From my banking career, some of my old clients called me, and they um, they said, "Hey, you know, they, they basically they'll we buy a multifamily. This is this group um, out of out of they're out of Montgomery actually, um, but we buy multifamily properties." Um, and so they called me and they said, "Hey, you know, we kind of we've we've tapped out our equity pool here. So you know, the idea is, I what I do for them is I go and I raise equity, and then I place the debt for them. Like I go with the bank because I know tons you of have a relationship with the bankers. Yeah, and." Um, what it's that's that's been a great little little side gig for me. I mean, I've gotten some of some of the folks here in Atlanta to invest in it. Some people have uh, you know ghosted me, Andy Goldner. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I just had to work that in. We might need to cut that too. <laughs> but nope, that one's staying in. <laughs> but that's another thing where um, that was kind of an investment avenue. And so so is this like. Um, You'll hear about the apartment complexes in Arizona or yeah. North Carolina or something where you know you buy a, an existing existing apartment, fix it up, stabilize, stabilize it, get to sell it. Yeah. yeah. This group I work with, it's just you know it's it's guys that I'd probably lent over the years, you know maybe a couple hundred million bucks to that had always been paid back, and I love the guys, and they were like, man, like we want to kind of we want to go after bigger deals, but we need a bigger equity pool, and maybe help. You know, help find help place in the debt. So sure, perfect. Boom. And so I just work with them, and we've just kind of been able to expand the equity pool out of Montgomery into, you know, Birmingham, um, Auburn. Believe it or not, there's money in Auburn, and um, in Atlanta. And so I'm counting. I think that's four things you're involved in. Let's now get to Gilmore Advisors Gilmore Insurance. Gilmore Advisors. Let's so get to that. One. That's this, kind of new, right? And this came out of being the CFO for the law firm, I sat there and I looked at it and I said, holy S, we are paying a ton of money for E&O insurance. And well, that is, it's errors and emissions, malpractice coverage yeah, for yeah, lawyers. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, so I, funny, I everybody I calls it something different. Ann calls it malpractice insurance. Jason calls it something else. But, I actually think that you don't have to carry it as a lawyer. You're crazy not to, but yeah. it is essentially insurance to cover if you F up. Well, we get... At the law firm, we get where they really hit us on that is these time demand things. Correct. And I don't know what any of that means, but it drives me crazy. It's like, hey, we might have, you know, it's like, what do we, what do we miss? But it sounds to me, it's like, and this is just me being the, the banker in myself. It's like, so somebody sent you something that was due that day, and they sent it to you at four o'clock, and then you can get sued because you didn't have it ready by five o'clock when you got it at four o'clock, but yet it sat on their desk for thirty days. To me, that is an outrageous, like, why are we in this business? Right. But, hey, you know, it pays the bill, so. Um, but you, what you're coming into is you're looking at it and you're saying, I looked at um, the E&O insurance. We're paying so much for this. What can we do? Yes. Do and so a friend of mine, Hoke Sullivan, he is a sweetheart. 
I've known him since we were kids. Um, he he had you know he worked for bigger firms for a long time on the on the insurance side, and he'd go down on his own, and then you know he and I talked, and I said, well, I would you know love to maybe just buy you, buy your buy your company, and that way I can, you know, granted it's you know it's a different ownership structure than with the law firm, but you know at least I know that the law firm's paying ninety cents on the dollar for something that they were paying a hundred cents on the dollar for. And to me, I'm a believer if the NPV is greater than zero, do it. It's a win. I mean, it's just like, it's just math is math. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's worked out really well because Hope was able to, being for Garrett and Darnell, I'll be honest, he saved us $20,000 $20, on our E&O premium while we had doubled the number of lawyers. To me, that was like... It's a no-brainer. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, and I mean, sometimes I think a fresh look on your insurance. And and Gilmer has done really, really well. And so, you know, it's primarily an insurance agency. It's based out of Allen in Birmingham. But insurance, like everything else, you can practice wherever. I mean, not law, but, um, I mean, we're, we're licensed in 50 states. We just we, so we just, what, doubled, what we other, just doubled so, in size. So, we so you know, two. you didn't come here to plug your 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 company, but people listening would, would be like, hey, if I can save money on... You know, or some other vehicles. Like, what else are you selling to lawyers? Oh, this, this, this. Um, for maybe it's for like you know, like firms with you know ten plus people or something. Deferred comp plans that are corporate owned life insurance. It's effectively, um, it's a great thing. You know, is a big thing. We basically have strategic partners throughout the southeast and um, actually throughout the basically the U.S. to allow us to access markets. That a lot of your typical lawyers, like, cause, I mean, you know, everybody's got, hey, I got a PNC guy, I got my insurance guy, you know, and maybe your insurance guy gets complacent. Um, we're always out there hustling, you know, and I mean, it's, um, we're out there just trying to save people money. Yeah, cool. Because I mean, to me, like, my car got broken into the other day at CNS over there off uh, across from Lassiter's, and it took me like three weeks to file a claim with State Farm. You know, just because they wouldn't return, you know, this is a hassle. And then it's, I'd obviously got my, 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 my window fixed at that point. You know, it was 800 bucks or whatever. And then, you know, they, they, they took a deductible out. So I was like, oh, I got 300 bucks for this. that you, you paid me that, like, you know, a month later. But to me, it's like insurance is always a thing that you're paying for. And you never really get any benefit out of. So right. I, to your point, where lawyers don't need it, you know, you, you need it, but you, you don't need it, to your point. Mm-hmm. Find a way to save as much money, you know, because, I mean, we, we go, we, we shop it to every single, we have relationships with pretty much every single carrier in the U.S. People listen, save some money, call Marshall, we'll make sure by, when this is over, he'll, he'll give you Gilmer Advisors yeah. uh, information. Okay, moving on to Equity Sponsors, LLC. <laughs> that is that is my little, that's my side hustle where we I raise money and, and um, that, and raise money and I raised um I raised money in the debt for the that those multifamily. Okay, 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 okay. That's where I'm at. That's right. My newest thing that I'm excited about, and I hope we can talk about it on a podcast. The weed game? Yeah. It's cannabis, cannabis farms. Cannabis, what is that? That's the, the Desert the, Canary Farms. You will see me on the cover of High Times at some point. Let's back let's back up a little bit because <laughs> I was going there next. You can you can see on my outline. Mm-hmm. Um Cannabis, weed, like that's a that's a thing now. It's been a thing for years. Yeah. Are you just getting into it or been involved in it? How does someone enter the market? F- What's regulation like? So just tell me all. This of it. is my first entrance into it. So I got into this. I I go out fishing with my brother. Um, we've been doing this for twenty years up to New Mexico, 
And 20 years ago, we met a father-son group because my dad would always do that too because he was living in Lubbock, Texas at the time. He was running a, I think it was a 10,000 farmer co-op in Texas. So basically, if it rained in West Texas, they do 90% of the cotton crop. If it didn't rain, they do 10% of the cotton crop. Um, but it's usually let West Texas a desert. But anyways, so I'd always meet my dad in New Mexico. When I was living in Denver, he was living in West Texas. We'd meet in New Mexico. And we'd go fly fishing. I love fly fishing. It's like one of the places where I find my chi. You know what I mean? And um, this guy Shane and his dad Noah, they were like, they had the guiding business. So we've just been friends for like 20 years. Um, and now that marijuana or cannabis is legal and I feel like it's better if you say cannabis than marijuana. People, I still feel like I'm like guilty talking about it. I feel like I need to whisper. He's whispering. <laughs> Josh, do we have to cut this? <laughs> but what I'm saying is, so when it got, it, it was legalized in New Mexico within the last maybe year, year and a half, and legalized recreationally. Um, and so I've just been talking with these guys. These are people I know, people I trust. To me, the thing about business that I've I've gone into, we talked about, I go into a lot of different businesses, but I always do with people I trust. Whether it be Hope, whether it be my brother, whether it be these guys, whether it be this other real estate company that I have, it's people I know, people I trust. And um, I knew these guys, I trusted them. And so yeah, now we have a, we have a, we have a 200, yeah, well, 200 flowering plants, 600, Non-flowering plants. So what I had to do so is, it we, grow, we, is it is it a, is it, it a is farm a that grow grows? Is it okay. grow? But in New Mexico, what's interesting? New Mexico has what they call a microprocessor license, which is what we've recently gotten, that allows you to vertically integrate. So typically in the cannabis industry, you can have a grower license. You can have a what's the word I'm looking for? Processor license. Or you know, can have you're a. You're using a lot of smart big words to describe mm. this. So continue vertically yeah. integrate. Yeah. Bravo. Okay. So you can and, and typically in the cannabis world, you can have a. You know, you can have, there's three types of licenses, producer, processor, retail. In New Mexico, they have this thing called the micro business license that allows you to vertically integrate and be all three. All three. So right now, are you on the producer side? Right. Well, we, we've just gotten the permit. Plants are going to the ground in a couple months. But what it is, is we will be able to produce, process, and retail. Um, retail, we're, we're probably a year or two away on retail because... The upfront capital was a little bit, little bit larger than maybe I'd anticipated, but we're gonna make it work. So, make, to get for me to get into it, being in Georgia, we formed a New Mexico LLC, and I'm what they call a financier. 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 How do you spell that? F I N A N C I E R. There you go. Financier. Financier. Dude, I won. I won the St. James Spelling Bee in fourth grade. We had. We had. What were they called? It was like every six weeks. Um, we had a spelling bee, and then it always sucked because the teacher gave you a box turtle um, to take home, and I won the as box you, turtle. As your four, prize? Yeah, that was the prize for winning, and I won the box turtle four to six times. But my mom, like, I'd have the box turtle for a day, and then my mom would be like, I don't know, it got out and ran away. And I'm like, how does a turtle run away? <laughs> as the fourth grader, what's the hardest word you had to spell? Can you remember back, like, the winning word? What in financier? <laughs> I think it was like couch. Couch. <laughs> no, wow. I'm thinking, no, I'm thinking of Billy Madison now. I'm thinking of Billy Madison. Great movie, by the way. Um, he had to spell Rizzuto. Remember? Yeah, he, he yeah, goes, yeah. And then it was. What are those R's? He goes, those R's? He goes, that's not fair. He goes, that's not even a word. She goes, okay, how about Buzz? <laughs> I hate third grade. Well, or no, fourth I was, grade. W said, I don't know that I could do a cursive Z anymore. I could do either. I can't write, period. My handwriting is. Yeah. Gone. Do you use a dictaphone? Are you a dictate guy? 
have a lawyer that like wanted a dictaphone, so I gave him a dictaphone, and he's like afraid to use it. I used to, but I would spend too much time like starting it over and stopping it and sending it. And said no, I just type it out. So back to back to your cannabis. <laughs> cannabis. So in so in a year or two, you're thinking retail storefront selling the products that y'all have been growing yeah now do you have farmers that are educate obviously that like know how to do this like how do you so, so that so my partners um that's what they're that's noah what they and know. shane noah has the land and the permit um shane has the know-how and we've got seeds banked and clones ready to roll and so as soon as april hits there's a really been like I'll, I'll be honest. I mean, I'd go on this for hours, but like there's been very bad legislation in the state of New Mexico in the sense that um, they let the they they're trying to force people into outdoor grows and outdoor versus indoor is a thing. All I know is Shane has the the best product mm-hmm. of all time. So, like, so what's that industry like in terms of like meeting for the conferences and exchanging information? So I'm gonna let you know that super soon. So. Um, like, funny story. It's a girl I went to college with. Like, we were friends in college. She was maybe a year younger than me. She went to Wake Forest from Chicago. She's now, like, short big firm called McClinchy, and she's, like, the head of their cannabis. She's, like, well, you know, across the top ten cannabis attorney in the U.S. So it was actually cool. It allowed me to reconnect with a friend from 15, 20 years ago. And she is, like, helping us kind of navigate that. And then she's, you know, telling me where I need to go in terms of, building our brand because we're coming from the ground up in the sense that, yeah, I mean, we're brand new, but I know what we're coming with is the heat. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. And do you see the industry just growing exponentially year after year mm, after year as it becomes, I think, I think, I think it will. Um, but I also think it eventually is going to become commoditized because I mean, it is, it is, is the same as growing cotton, growing soybeans, you know, and those eventually become commoditized. So you, you, at some point you're going to go from getting, and that's gonna, it's going to result. That's going to depend upon um, federal legislation, because you obviously you can't like you know if it's not legal federally, you can't grow something in one state and ship it to another. So I mean everything's New Mexico based for me, but I think when it does become federally legal, and I and I say when, not if, because it should. I mean I remember this, this, I was in Den- I left Denver in two thousand nine, and they right when I left was when they were talking about legalizing. Out in Denver to, uh, last year, it's a different town. I mean, the amount of money that our government is leaving on, and I don't want to get political, but it's leaving on the table by making a general herb illegal. Like, and not a, an herb, a weed. A weed. I mean, it's, it's called weed because it's a weed. Um, we, are, we are spending billions of dollars incarcerating and, you know, fighting against marijuana. And instead of selling it and taxing it like liquor. You know what I mean? So, and I, I've just kind of, as you look at those states that have done it right, Colorado, Washington, California has kind of half done it right, but Oregon's done a really good job. Those states are very profitable. And I mean, when we sit here and we look at state-run deficits, um, poorly-run states that just, you know, can't get out of their own way, if you took something, instead of f- spending a billion dollars a year to fight it, and instead, stop spending that billion dollars, and then spend a billion, and then and collected a billion dollars a year in tax revenue from it. That is a two billion dollar swing. Two billion dollar swing. Like, I mean, to me, it's so simple. But then again, I'm just a businessman. Well, maybe when you are on the cover of High Times, I'm going to be on there. How many? How many? How many? Set the over under. How many years? 
Uh, I want to be on the cover of High Times and less than 10. Less than 10 years. Okay, so 9. So by the time I'm 48. All right, so 9.5. The beard set, will be gray at that point. The, it'll be beautifully gray. Be yeah. ginger gray. So I'm going to set the over to 9.5. Yep. I'll take the under because I believe in you. Yep. What is the article going to be about? What are you going to be saying is happening? What What, what is going to be the current status of the cannabis industry where you will be on the cover of High Times? I think at that point, what it's going to be like is almost like um, wines in the U.S., like Napa Valley. Like you want, you're going to have consumers that are looking for the top tier product. Like, yeah, I could go drink some shitty ass Yellowtail, you know, or I could go and drink, you know, Couple bottles of Silver Oak, you know, or um, what's the other one? Opus. KMS, whatever. Opus wine, yeah. I'm more of an old wine, an old world wine guy. Love me my French stuff. So how do you do a Napa, by the way? Uh, <laughs> I mean, how do you think I do it anywhere? I mean, <laughs> I know, but Napa's its I, own I, thing. I, like, I, so all right, I'll tell you the best story I had about Napa. So I was out there. It was right after I graduated college. A buddy of mine, he went to law school at Stanford, and so you know, this is two, three, two years probably, year or two out of college. And, you know, all our group of buddies was like, all right, hey, let's, you know, let's go see Mudo out. He's at Stanford Law. You know, I mean, kid crushed it. He got like a one, I don't even, it's 175. So that's really good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like full ride to Stanford. Yeah. And he's already like a wealthy kid. So it's like, it, was, well, it wasn't a needs-based scholarship. And um, he, so we went out there and we go do Napa and we're like, so, you know, it's like six 22-year-olds or 23-year-olds, like, driving around like and just getting you know and we go to all these hoity-toity like you ever watch South Park yeah you know where like people are all driving the hybrids and they smell their own farts yeah it was those that's how I describe those 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 uh binders I went to and the last one to the day was BR Cone which is a guy named Bruce Cone we walk up smells like weed and they're blasting fucking Grateful Dead and we're like, you found this is place. it. Like, and then he comes and talks to us. Turns out he was the manager of the Doobie Brothers for years. Um, and I was like, why the hell did we go to all these like artsy fartsy places? Why did you ever leave? Yeah, I mean, so he, Napa Napa's cool because for the reasons you just mentioned, like you can find those kind of places. Yeah, and when you do, they're gems. Yeah, and you know me. I mean, like I'm not. I'm like, it's like, it's like, I'm not good. I don't want to go to the hoity-toity, but I mean, yes, I can go. Hello, Marshall Darniel. So nice to see you all. Sure. You know, I can, put, I, can, I, if you need I, can to. I can put on my, Hey, you know, I just work with some hedge funds over here. So I think it's great. You know, trajectory of EBITDA is really impressive, <laughs> you know, um, or I can be like, Hey man, I used to bank truckers. I bank, I bank truckers and I banked hedge fund guys, you know, so I can go from either one. You also can, can, uh, Talk about REITs, R-E-I-T. Yeah, real estate investment that's, trust. That, that, that is, that's my new thing. Let's hear like, about it because I don't. I, I, I can. I know what it is. I can talk about it, and I can. I, but I don't really know. So, so what, all, all a REIT is is taking like that equity sponsors thing. You know, where you buy up multifamily. Um, and it's just doing it on a much larger scale, and and then what the REIT does, is they pay back ninety percent of their net income to investors. Um, it's a deal. It's very, very new. It's actually with Hoke's brother, Drew. Um, so, like, obviously, you know, like I said, I do business people I know. Um, Hoke's my insurance guy. And then, so this is a brother. It's a very interesting model that we're working on. It's like, you know, I'd kind of call this, like, very, you know, phase one. Uh, but it takes a lot of my time. <laughs> That's what I'm getting to, I guess, is where I'm at now. Is like, I've got the CFO of the law firm. I've got... 
Um, I've got the insurance agency. I've got this real estate, real estate company flipped. I've got this REIT and the cannabis. And I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm now at max capacity. I was going to ask you. I've been max Because I think like asking people, mm-hmm. you know, the other question, like how do you spend your day? That's kind of BS. Like you got to yeah. be longer. Like how do you spend your week or your month? Like how are you dividing up your time? Organization is what I do. And I mean, I can I mean, and it, and it's I like, mean, you came here with a briefcase. You look the part. Okay. So, I mean, it's like literally a GWD folder, or not folder, but Gilmer. Like, I just have to separate. This is my weed folder. And then this is the flipped. And then I haven't, I don't have one yet for the, the REIT. But, I mean, it's planning your day. I mean, it, it's literally like organization is key to me. So, I mean, I wake up, I'll get to the office by nine. Um, and then basically I grind it out until three or four and then I meet my friends for some beers. Yeah. And uh, I mean, um, but I don't take a lunch. I just, I mean, it's literally, I get there and I work and I do that. And, but then it's also, I mean, at night, I mean, like, just like you, yeah. but really for me to have all these things going at once, it's like, if you looked at like, if you looked at my email, like, like my inbox never has more than like five things in it. It's all like, when I look at, and the only thing, that, and the five things that are in my inbox are the things that I need to handle that moment. I'm all about organizing down to like, down to like the subfolders. And it actually came from banking because what I mean, when I was at service first, or more so when I was at Iberia, I think I had like 200 clients, you know, and that's 200 clients that will call you and expect you to know exactly what they're talking about that very moment. Right. You know, and I mean, some of them were, some of them were $50 million clients and some of them were $50,000 clients, but Always the goal was to make each person feel like you're the most important to me. Yeah, I have to operate on inbox zero all the time, too. Yeah. It's I mean, the way I just, to go. I just, I just can't have yeah. these things open and carrying on from day to day. Like, if, if I have to handle it that day or it just drives well, me nuts. And this is another thing. For This brings it back to, like, something we talked about 30 minutes ago, if not more. For the law, get a good IT guy. Oh, my God. We have this guy, John Craddock, that is just – he's a sweetheart – he talks your damn ear off, but you know, you put up with it. But I mean, like, so like we open up Windows Explorer and it's tied to our Dropbox, and then I can make folders. So I've got, like, you go to mine, it's more MBD, it's my initials, and it's like GWD, GDI, KMMD, KMMD Reynolds, um, Flipped, Hap, Desert Canary. Desert Canary Farms coming to a, to a town near you in, in New Mexico. Um, Santa Fe, and, Albuquerque. Y'all. <laughs> and then so it's like, I, and then within that, I have my like it. Organization is the way that I keep this all together because, I mean, y'all all know me. I mean, you and I have known each other for over a year now, and you probably are like this guy Marshall is kind of a crazy son of a bitch. Well, you are. And, but yeah, I mean, I am. But like, I still like, I get my shit done and yeah, I do my shit. That's right. Then that's I right. You can, you can be both. You can, <laughs> you be, can both. be both. So I'm gonna, the last thing I want to talk about business with you is when you're, your, your motto also of so what now what is great. And the other one is take the big risk. Take the big risk. And it's hard for a lot of people to do. And that comes from my father, believe it or not. So my dad always told me, and this may be why I have daddy issues. I don't know. But like, he was like. Man, you know, if I had just taken the risk, I could have been, you know, I could have been in New York on the, you know, he was, my dad was a cotton merchant from Alabama, which, if you think about it, like, even though he's from Texas, my mom's from Belgium, would engender some sort of stereotype, if you will. But he's a cotton merchant. Um, he started on the, he, he went to Dartmouth, top of his class, he started on his, called his cotton squidges. Cotton squidges. He just literally pulled together, he could pull apart cotton 
and give you the grade on it. But uh, so he's super successful, and um, he you know he started in literally the sample room, mm-hmm. you know, making at that point maybe a dollar fifteen an hour. And him and my mom tell the story of they drank Usher's Green Label Scotch and had popcorn, and that was like their treat on most nights. Um, but he had four kids, pretty young, and he said, "Like man, my one regret, my one regret is not taking that big risk sooner." And and I'll be honest, I, I, my, my one regret is not taking it sooner either because like I said I was in banking for 15 years. When I initially got into banking, I thought it was going to be a you know, five-year play, learn how businesses work, then go do my own thing. Then you get girl, you meet a girl, you get married, you want to you have you know, the pristine life with a white picket fence, two and a half kids. Doesn't always work out that way. But I made that risk and... It seems so daunting at first, but it's not. You know what I mean? I mean, I, like, you did it. I always, did tell, it. I always tell people that you can always come up with a reason why not or mm-hmm. an excuse why not. The timing isn't there. This this isn't perfect. It's, it's never going to be perfect. That's why they call it a risk. Un- and it's uncomfortable as hell for the first couple of months. But then all of a sudden when you're like, I'm making more money than I used to make in my W-2. I had to wear a suit every day and, like, you know. Shit service first. I was working from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. wearing a suit every day, making maybe six figures. You know, it was Wall Street hours for community bank pay. <laughs> I mean. Well, my, my, I, you know, of, of all the takeaways from today, which are going to be a lot. Sorry um, if I talk too much. No, 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 no. I just, I, just, I just love, love, love those two things. Yeah. Take the risk. So what, what now? What? what I mean, I, I, you know, I think that's just so important. So what um, now? What to me is when I heard it, it changed my life, and it's what I've lived my life by. And because people can, and and, and I think it's just, I think it's just like a trapping of of human nature is to like, you know, because like, oh, I want to fix what happened so it doesn't happen again. But it's like, I mean, we can deal with that shit later. Like, yeah, that happened. We got a fire drill. Let's move forward. Let's move forward. Let's, Let's move if forward. you're always looking forward, if you always push forward. And, and then the other thing I'd tell the kids that work for me, my two things are always be truthful and follow through with what you say you're going to do. Amen. And then say, and then say, bring me bad news. Hoax struggled with that for a while. It's like, bring me bad news immediately. Like, it don't like, hide it. It doesn't, it, when it festers, yeah. it doesn't get me better. Yeah, because then, it, like, it then I'm pissed better. off. Then I'm mad if you bring me bad news three weeks later. But if you brought it to me that day of, I'd have been like, so what now what? Yeah, let's you deal know? with it. Yeah. I still do so what now what, but I'm also like, kind of like, so we do have some sports angles yes. on this okay, podcast, thank you. Um, which I know we're excited to talk about. Yes. We, did the, we did a little George Alabama stuff. What, what I find hilarious mm-hmm. is that I always talk to people beforehand. I'm like, oh, tell me what sports you're interested. Most people I like, know, but mm-hmm. we still talk about. So I said, talk to me. So you, so, so you say, oh, man, Josh, I got this great story about catching a – Grand slam at a Braves game. Uh, yeah. I didn't see that. You know, most people tell me like, "Oh, I like." Dude, that was one of the coolest things, and one of the coolest and worst things. Get yourself half a combo. Yeah, sorry. Have, well, I'm gonna maybe make it a full combo if we're on the sports. If that's okay, go for the full combo, man. Um, would you like a combo? I can't make you combo by yourself. <laughs> so this was this was my buddy Mark's birthday, and I mean, we can look the date up because it's easy to find. It's the Bryant McCann. Um, I poke Grand Slam. It was against the Phillies. So it was like Mark's birthday. He was like, he'd been my intern at the bank. And then, woo, um, my intern at the bank. And then, you know, so like then he came to work for us. He, I was, me and my wife, ex wife, were in his, him and his wife's wedding. You know, like we're that close, kind of thing. 
So we're sitting there, Braves, Phillies. And this was kind of, I mean, this must have been May, so it wasn't even like a heat of a playoff race or anything like that. But, you know, you just hate the Phillies. This one, they had Chooch, and they had Victorino, and they had... Don't matter who they have, we never like Yeah, this. F the Phillies. Because I remember, this goes back to Mitch Wild thing, screw those people, um, back in the early 90s. Um, but, um, so I'm sitting there all game, little half drunk. Screaming at because we're in the it was old Turner Field, so we're in the right field, yeah, right field bleachers, like seven rows up. And the whole game, I'm just kind of hammered, going, F you, Hunter, shouting that, at Hunter. That Hunter Pence? Hunter Pence. I was like, Hunter Pence, you're a B word, your mother's a W word, you're just the worst. Hunter Pence is the worst, <laughs> you know, just shouting at him the whole game. And so then, you know, like, they're up bigs. They're hitting home runs. It's like I got my buddy from Philly that I went to college with, Black Tar. He's, like, texting me, being like, chooch, home run, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what the fuck up? And then we're sitting there, and Brian McCann comes up, bases loaded, just hammers a, a grand slam. I see it coming, but, like, let's be honest, like, I just stuck my freaking hand up. Got it. And just like, cause normally, like, I mean, like, just, and, yeah. it, and I caught it, just right. like, just barehanded, barehanded. And, I, and I know you're telling the truth because it's caught on. It's, it's YouTube. caught on video. Yeah, it's on video. And then you just see me going nuts, just like woo! I'm like tackling Mark, or both our wives are back up, back up at the, um, what's it called, like concession stand, and it's just like woo! And then, and then, you know, I immediately resumed taunting Hunter Pence and F you, Hunter, F you, Hunter. And then the video comes out from MLB.com. The, the camera panned over to the, the, the fan from, you know, Birmingham or Mobile. Montgomery, I, was Atlanta. In, I was living in Atlanta the, that time. The, yeah, it, the, the, it pans to the fan from, you know, Buckhead, Georgia, yeah. that, you know, is now screaming this in yeah, violation I, of all I've caught on camera dropping F-bombs at Hunter Pence. And, like, I mean, he deserved it. He was an asshole, so it's fine. Man, I'm a fan. I mean, I'm a biggest fandom. I'm not going to lie, it's Alabama football. And it's been it's been a tough two years. Well, I mean, it wasn't. You're good. There's a lot of bad Georgia fans. There's a lot of bad fans for every fan base. Well, I mean, not for Alabama, if you ask me. Yeah. <laughs> Georgia fans have been stewing for forty years trying to get yeah. back to where we can talk it. Um, so well, you got to let, like, let us do our thing. Stetson Bennett winning in a second year is so outrageous. Like not outrageous in a bad way. It just it 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 erases all the shit talking people could have done. It's perfect. It's I mean yeah it's I mean perfect. And like the dude's gonna go to the pros and I think do well. If he I mean does, like, I was excited when he got arrested and I sent Charles my buddy that always texts me I was like it's like ha 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 can't get in his liquor and he's like. You know, he, he got arrested, but he just said he had two natties back, back to back. back. I was like, oh, you got to So we even, we, we even can win that. <laughs> yeah. We you win everything. You win everything. We, we, we even it. have that. It's like, well, we have two. Oh, yeah. I've got to. He said something that just shook me the other day. It's like, I was like, I can't win. I cannot win with the, you. The back-to-back natties answer is, is just. It's just. It's just. What did he say? Oh, if, if it takes me two minutes to find it. Because he. We, uh, I said, oh, never mind. Actually, that's not for this. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> I want. I want to before we before we wrap up. 
I want to tell you my first uh, under, not understanding. The first time I ever knew you even existed. Your introdu- introduction. Intr- thank you. Thank <laughs> your, you. I should your get first introduction. My, my first man. introduction to you. And I didn't even know it until later down the line. So I've known your brother Jason for years. Yep. Like I said, great guy. We you know, hang out all the time. And uh, one day he just calls us, or we, and he's just laughing his ass off. He just can't stop. And we're like, what, what happened? He's like, you got to see this video. He said my brother at the time. I don't think I put two and yeah. two together. But I don't, uh, I don't think we, we probably had probably met, met by then. I was still living in Birmingham. Yeah, this was I don't know how many years yeah. ago. Yeah. And he sends me this video, me and Andy and Brian and Tony and all these guys. And, we're watching, and it's of a, of a human being. You know, doing a very bad job of climbing a ladder. Doing a horrible job of climbing a ladder. So, you so don't, do you know the backstory? I want to hear the whole thing. All right. So this start, is start from you coming in from Birmingham to go. Yeah, no. So I come in for Thanksgiving. So this is I think this was 2019, maybe Thanksgiving 2019. So we're looking three plus years ago. My neck still hurts. I need to talk to a lawyer about that. Statute I, is quickly. Eh, it might be wrong. I mean, 2019. I if we done. put it, if we put it into the public atmosphere, does that count? That I think I'm you're mentioning? done, dude. I think you're. I think you're. Dude, I'm gonna talk to. I'm gonna talk to Goldner about it. Maybe, time maybe, maybe Goldner will help me. Kalka, old Tony Kalka, <laughs> Tony Kalka, one of my favorite people ever. Um, he calls me the consigliere, <laughs> which I don't even know what that means, but I guess I fixed that. Stay on task. Twenty eighteen. Sorry, 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 my bad, my bad. Um, thank you for that. Um, so Jay, I go there and like my parents. I was at my parents' house or condo, and they're like, their internet was down. I was like, dude, I gotta work because I got to work in the bank. I was like, I got shit to do. I got loan closings. And I was like, I gotta go to your house, Jason. So I go over to Jason's house. He's got one of those code locks. So the story starts with good intentions. You go good, to get no, like, oh, and it, 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 it spirals quickly. Um, I go over there, and his, I guess his maid or somebody had locked the bottom lock, so I couldn't get in. So I was like, well, shit, dude, I'm just gonna go to the Starbucks. He's like, no, no, actually, I really need you to get in there because the Golden Tea repairman is coming to fix my Golden Tea later You called today. Jason, said, door's locked, I'm going to yeah. Starbucks. He said, no, 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 I need you there because- I need you in there to fix the Golden Tea machine, have, uh, to let in the Golden Tea repairman. And I was like, said okay. Said nobody ever, except yeah. for my brother, but okay. And then, and I said, well, I said, I can't get in. He goes, well, if you put a ladder up and break into your, at that point, 11-year-old niece's room, <laughs> um, like, because her window, I guess, was apparently always open. So, yeah, I'm breaking into a miner's room. Um, and that sounds like and, got- and I'm on a conference call during, like, after I go phone with Jason, I'm on a conference call. So, would you see me taking that, that asshole put on the ring video. Yep. You see me taking that ladder, and I'm, like, on a conference call, and I'm pissed as hell. Because I'm like, man, I got stuff to do. You have like, earbuds in? Yeah, AirPods in. Mm-hmm. They flew into the pool, actually. Yep. yep. And so, yeah, I wasn't really paying attention. I get almost the top. Ladder slides out. And I had made fun of him because he fell off a ladder maybe a year before and made it so freaking dramatic. Like, he still talks about this days. Like, I won't get on ladders. I, You know, he bruised his elbow or something like that. And it's like, oh, really? So I don't want to jump to the end, but you didn't just fall off the ladder. That thing was an epic. Just- no, and it's... It- <laughs> And then it then kind of went viral, man, and like got sent around my bank, and like our credit nerd said it to I believe I can fly, like he had his kids said it, so it's just like right when I'm like I can believe I can do it, and then it's like right when I just go tumbling back and I believe I can fly. So give me the visual. We're obviously only an audio. Ladder is up against eleven year old niece's door. Yeah. You're climbing up it to to break into and her. I get almost to the top. Almost and to the top. Almost to the top. Like And what happened? 
the ladder slid out because I put it up at like a ladders need to be at pretty much a straight up angle. I put it up at like a maybe 30 degree angle. Like it was not good. Are you admitting user error right now? Because Goldner can't help you when you well, admit user oh, error. Okay, no, not user error. I'm, I'm admitting like faulty facilities because there's a lot of water around the pool. So you're in his backyard. He's got a pool. You, you, I mean, you fall. You, you bounce uh, off the, the pool deck. Man. Your head bounces off the pool deck. I know. AirPods go flying. How did you not get more injured? Good genes? Montgomery tough. Montgomery <laughs> tough. So anyway, fast forward like two years, we we meet you, and I'm yeah. like, holy cow, that's that's your brother that took a swan dive off of the ladder? <laughs> Dude, that video has been seen so many times. It's just outrageous. Talk to me about Big Kahuna at Wake Forest. Okay, yeah, that was a rough one. So, um, no, not a rough one. It was a really great one. So I was a deke at Wake Forest. Like, I'm not a fret guy, but, you know. Great time. So what we would do is we were the only people with an off-campus house, like directly off-campus. We were the only with a real fraternity house at the, at, the, at the college. And so every year they they basically, the most wild, I don't want to say the most, the most, the most eloquent um, senior would get to be elected big kahuna. And so the pledges would carry you on those tiki rafts. You know, they'd build you a little float and they'd carry you on it and, walk you all the way into campus in the middle of the quad, and you would deliver a speech. Is it uh, an honor to get selected to be this? Yeah, man. I mean, it means you're the funniest, the most eloquent, and probably the most handsome. Um, which, I, had duh, a go- I, I, I had a goatee at the time, which is so embarrassing in hindsight. <laughs> like, I had a goatee. Like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> we had any pictures of that? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I still have the speech. Jason definitely has a speech. And then you go to the middle of the quad, and you have the kids, like, you know, the pledges are like, you know, they're on their knees and they're holding you up and you give like a speech that roasts the entirety of the campus, you know? And it's like, so that was mine. That was me. Wow. Do we have the audio and video? Um, yeah. This was 2002. So probably not going to have audio or video. We have the speech and we have photos. Oh my gosh. Well, you, you were dressed what? Uh, Hawaiian shirt um, unbuttoned all the way, you know, maybe to one button. I was still skinny then. So it wasn't as unappealing. Um, um, Hawaiian bathing suit, mm, goatee. Yeah, perfect. The goatee was rough. Perfect. Now, the Wake Forest, I mean, you guys have a good basketball team this year, but your football team's been yeah. garbage. I mean, well, that's not garbage. I mean, they, were, they were good the year after I graduated. Um, so, so Ovi, Ovi Mahaley was on my podcast a little while back. He was a Wake Forest yep. guy, big time. They were NFL. like, so when I was there, I would never go, I would go to the tailgates because they were always the 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock. The early game. Yeah, Yeah, the early game. But it's the only place I've ever been where they make you go inside the stadium, like when it kicks off. They kick kick you out of the park. You can't keep tailgating. You can't keep tailgating. No. Damn ACC. What is wrong with the ACC? So I would just go, and I would say, all right, I'm leaving. I met one of those kids driving me up to the bar. And you'd go watch real (laughs) football. I'd go watch real football, yeah. Yeah. And that that was during the really tough Shula years at Alabama. We had Brody Croyle, my main man. Um, But... Yeah, but when I was there, Wake was good in basketball. We had Chris Paul, Josh Howard. Um, Tim Duncan had already gone, come and Tim gone. Tim Duncan was, had come and gone. He was there, and my older sister had been there, Jenny. Okay. Um, but I never met Tim Duncan, but Josh Howard and I were buddies. But let's uh, put two and two together. Josh Howard got kicked out of the NBA for maybe too much cannabis, and I have a cannabis farm. So uh, figured maybe, out. Maybe, yeah. maybe I have <laughs> mutual interest. I, got, I take you as a wrestling guy, too. 
Are you a wrestling? wrestling? Are you a wrestling First guy? First off, I was. I actually, I did real wrestling. Um, well, wrestling. I'm talking professional wrestling. Oh, yeah, yeah. I ain't talking loved real. it, loved it, loved it. And I'm not totally. Are you talking people. past tense or? or no, present? I mean, like, hey, I pop in now and again. Like Raw 30 was the other day. I thought it was beautiful. I mean, like Hulk Hogan came out. You had the Godfather with his pimp train out there. I mean, it was good stuff. Uh, yeah, but I got into wrestling at a, you know, at an age, you know, I mean, mainly because it was an NWO, that time frame, which was so fun. I mean, so, did you watch it back then? Did I watch it? When, 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 when they threw fucking Rey Mysterio like a lawn dart into that trailer. I wasn't up, really Rey Mysterio at the time. But no, but when, when Kevin Nash just threw him like a lawn dart into a trailer, it was beautiful. It's amazing. I mean, I really got, I guess I got into it when it was when Hulk Hogan and Macho Man left um, WWF or WCW, WCW yeah. and it was like they were doing that do you remember the Huckster and the Nacho Man of course dude of course. those were so Who, hilarious who's your, when he would try to break the Slim Jim but it would break his teeth who's your favorite wrestler of all time Stone Cold Steve Austin Austin 316 you love it, crushing the just smashing it, beers and, I mean I would say the best quarterback and receiver duo was whoever the dude was throwing Austin those beers and he would catch them every time. Every I mean, time. like, every dude, time. put those guys in the NFL. That's better than fucking Pat Hunt, Pat every Mahomes, time. Travis Kelsey. Every time. So, and then also loved, um, loved the Stinger. Loved the Stinger. Not bad. I mean, look, I can't argue with that. I mean, Undertaker's my guy. Always been my oh, guy. Huge. But I mean, um, look, we could. I say it every week. Like I could do pod. I could I could do wrestling for dude. Like let's do a wrestling podcast. Well, we have two hours and like forty five minutes left. I mean, oh really? You know, if you want the if you want the full four hours, um, <laughs> we'll do more. I mean, dude, yeah. I, this this has been great. <laughs> thank uh, you so I much do, for having me. I, I really wanna, just like appreciate everything about this, you. No, this has been fun, fun, man. I, I do want to thank you for be, for being a uh, an, an avid listener. Like there, there's some people I can count on every week. Oh, yeah. That will text me like their feedback of the episode. Yeah. And like my parents, obviously they they listen every week, and I get I love their they're like da, 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 da. they're great. You're one of these guys too that I genuinely think that you have actually listened to all these. You have yeah. you have impressions of all people. You're like I really like that. It was fun, interesting. So thank I, you. I will, I will rank my top things about yours. All right. <laughs> First off. The sultry voice of your wife. Man, you did like I that. One. I love it. I think it's great. You, you, you like welcome me and, to the Josh Stone podcast. <laughs> you, you, you like the you like the one with me and Danish her asking me. I questions. love that. No, uh, and I like the one. And I'll say I told you this already, but it was the one about the the green stuff. Jamie Murray. Yeah, and Bethany, it was yeah. amazing. Yeah, the environmental I learned about Rivian one. at that point, mm-hmm. and then all the stuff they're doing, and then. Uh, when your brother was playing the the wrestling intros, yep, and then your dad and y'all were drinking Irish whiskey, yep, and y'all were like, "We're gonna try these different ones." Like this one sucks. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. Like you're you're a fan, man. I, I appreciate. And then the dude, the, the most recent guy with the voice. Hello, how are we? <laughs> that was good. I want to be able to do that. Yeah, I think you you can mm-hmm. do that, man. You've got the voice. Oh no. But thank you so much for having me. This I was so fun, appreciate man. it. Um, all kidding aside, like I know we had some fun and we made yeah. some jokes and told some stories, but I think that the information that you have is is just so valuable. And we've discussed, we're not gonna rehash yeah. it, but I, I hope people take away some stuff from this. Yeah, you yeah, are a yeah. you're a special guy, man. You really you really are, and I mean that in a good way. Thank you, I appreciate um, that. You've got you've got really good good takes and good thoughts and good 
you know, good outlooks on things. And I just appreciate you being in my hey. my sphere, man. Dude, thank you. And hey, if you ever need a co-host, I'm always in. Just tag me in. Well, let's work <laughs> on that. I mean, like I said, we've got three plus more hours, or two plus more hours to yeah. do. Uh, maybe you can be a regular. Part uh, two. Part two coming soon. Uh, you said the CUDA, Chopping Up with CUDA. Like, chopping Up with CUDA, yeah. So do, do you envision like, that being like a solo podcast? Do you need like a side? No, kick? I need, I need, do, you, do you need I like need guests? Not. What do you I, need? I think it's just two of us. Just two of us. to the moon. And I think I, I could sit here and talk to you for the next. I mean, we talked for about an hour before beforehand. We right? <laughs> I was like, I was wondering. I was like, man, I hope that I didn't talk too much. So that we actually had something to talk about on the podcast. But yes. you think I think we did okay. There's there, there's some people trade secrets here. Yeah. There's some people that when they get there, it's like let's hit record, let's get our 45 minutes or an hour. And now others like you, I'm like, we're gonna hang out for a few hours. You and dropped 34 minutes. I thought we were five minutes in. I know it's wild. <laughs> it, it, it goes it, it goes it, it goes by fast. It goes by fast. All all right, so tell people uh, how can they find you? What's the easiest way for any of these 10, 12, 15 things that you have going on? People are interested. How can they find you? Well, I mean, I, I specifically stay hidden. <laughs> oh, well, never mind that. You can't find to- no, Total joke. No, total joke. I mean, um, LinkedIn is pretty much the only thing I do. I mean, in terms of anything like that. But um, I've got um, gilmeradvisors.com, G I L M E R advisors.com. And then I've got flipped REI, F L I P D REI.com. And then just go to GWD Law Firm, and you know if you get no, that doesn't really help. Never mind. That's what I'm trying to. Do. We'll talk about it later. But um, yeah, that's yeah. If you can't, if you can't find him because he's hidden, Marshall Darnell, you can find hit, me anywhere. Hit, hit me up. I'll, I'll I'll send you send you his direction. I'll send you my phone number. All right, perfect. All right, guys. As always, thank y'all for listening. I know y'all enjoyed this one. And uh, until next time, as always, keep chopping. <laughs>